Hello, Minnesota Twins fans, and welcome to episode 16 of Minnesota Twins Chat. I am Trey Larson, joined in studio for a postseason preview. Is my dad, Craig Larson. How's it going tonight, Dad? Pretty good, Troy. Looking forward to the playoffs. Yes, I am too. Um, we are going to be playing the Toronto Blue Jays at Target Field. And um, I think the place where we need to start is talk about how the Twins did overall the season and then what kind of preview via matchup. How does that sound? Sounds good. So, and uh, along the way, we will kind of... <laughs> kind of discuss the injuries and stuff, but overall, Dad, you know, the Twins, they, they finished the season 87-75. Yep. They lost yesterday in extra innings on a pass ball. I don't know, it was either a pass ball or a wild pitch. I'm, I'm saying a pass ball because Jeffers just kind of let it go between his legs, apparently. But I, I know you did not hear or see the end of the game, but from what you heard about it, you know, my impression from what I from what I heard from Rocco is that he just wanted to get the game over with. That's why he pitched Jordan a loophole. And do you give that kind of sense to Dad? Well, it seems as though that's exactly what happened. Rocco must have had, had his uh, stopwatch set and it went off, and he thought, we got to get this game over with now. So <laughs> let's, let's put Loopy in and let him pitch. There you go. And he's, obviously he's not a pitcher. Um, so I, I don't really... This doesn't can leave the best of feelings when you have something like that happen. No, but at the same time, I wonder if he was thinking, well, you know, we we have to, you know, we have to be more worried about game one. Yeah. You, you know, versus the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, let's get ready for that instead of trying to try trying to uh, pull on this game. Let's get over with. You know. Yeah, but that's what they did. Yep, that's what they did. You and I have just both. You and I both don't like it, but you know. Hopefully the Twins can turn the page and uh, do game one. But, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, be ready for game one, Robert. But uh, what are your – so I'm overall, Dad, the season. Here's a here's the thing that actually stands out to me about the season. The Twins don't even have any hitters with more than uh, – I, I don't know if you have anybody with 70 RBIs. I don't think they do either. I think Kepler might be the high, isn't he? Yep, Kepler is the highest. I don't know where – I don't know where he's at, but I'll find it out here in a minute. But yeah, I think he's in the sixties somewhere. I think he took over Crea. Um and we'll get to the injuries yeah. updates here in a minute. But Kepler, he uh you know, he uh basically he actually took off in the second half. And I actually think that he was he was one of the key players in the second half to without, without question. He and you know, he was here most of the second half. I think when Polanco started playing again, it made a world of difference too. And obviously, Royce Lewis gave a big boost until he got hurt. Yes, that helped tremendously. And and when he, when did Lewis start? Was it late August? Yes, so late August. Uh, well, I mean, he he initially came up in May. Okay. Yeah. Then but he, then he got hurt. Yep. Then he got hurt in July. Um, I think it was the end of June, early July. Okay. Yep. But then he came up uh, late in August. So. Okay. I'm getting the stats here. Um, let's see here. Kepler had 66 and Cray had 65, and then drops down to Royce Lewis, who only batted 217 times. He had 52. Michael A. Taylor had 40, 51. Planco had 48, and he only batted 302 times. Farmer had 46, and he only batted 336. Jeffers had 43, and Buxton had 42, who didn't play hardly at all, 304 at bats. 
and Kirloff at 41, and Walner had 41, and Joey Gallo had 40, and Larnick had 40. So those are the guys 40 and above. But yeah, like you said, you know, usually if you have a team that wins the division, you got somebody probably in the high 80s to 90s range. But obviously, there's not on this team. And the uh, another interesting thing is too, the most hit any Twins player had was Crea with 118, and Kepler with 114, and Salon with 111. Otherwise, there's nobody over 100. And I think that Arise, I think, must have had about 215, didn't he? This year, uh, well, it was well over two hundred. I know that. Yeah, I think that. Yep, we're talking about who's the player on uh, Atlanta Acuna. Yep, he had, Ronald Acuna Jr. He had quite a few too. I can't remember who's the guy in Texas who had pretty good batting average. Seager. Yep, Seager. Yep, I think he 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 almost won the batting title, but then uh, what's his name beat him out. From where's that? I uh, can't remember where he was on to tell you the truth. Okay, it's not coming to me right now either. Yeah, but I, but I know that somebody beat out Corey Seager for for via batting title. Oh, I'll I'll find it here in a minute. Um, so yeah, it's, it's surprising. Usually, teams that that uh, win the division, which the Twins did, usually your your offensive statistics are a little different than what the Twins had. You know, uh, how does the run scored column look? I'll check that one out here in just a minute. I'm going to try to find that other thing we were looking for. Yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out who won the batting title in the American League. Um, hmm. Where is this? American. National League. American League leaders. Oh, Diaz. Was he Tampa? Yep. I think, uh, I think it might be that first baseman on Tampa. Yep, I think it is him. Just a second. Yep, you're right. He had, three, he had 330, and I think Seager was 327. Is Diaz a newer player on Tampa? I've heard of him before, but I I think he's been around for for uh, maybe a couple of years. I don't know. I I don't think he's a rookie this year. I bet much I do know. So I saw he had 173 hits. I did see that. Let's see what Seager had. I think Seager must have played more. Seager had a nice year this year. You know, but he only he only played in 119 games this year. So, um, well, he was injured for a little bit earlier in the season. So 156 hits. All he did have 33 home runs and 96 RBIs. So, but you know, he played more games. You know, he's been in the 100 plus RBI range easily. Let's see here with the two in the National League who had big years. Arise, Arise had played 147 games, hit 354, and he had 203 hits. He He didn't play for like the last two weeks much, did he? Nope, he did not play much, especially the past week. And I think I think he might have something to do with a sore ankle or something. Oh, okay. And and Acuna, whatever, however you pronounce his name, he had 217 hits. I'm sure he's lead led baseball. But and getting back to the Twins here now on the run scored, we'll find that out here. I don't think it was any of the Twins that scored a lot of runs either. They probably had a bunch of them with you know grouped together, but. You know, that, that's just what's interesting to me about this uh, Twins team. And, you know, here you have a team, 87-75 record. Yeah. And yet you don't have a player with 70 RBIs. Yeah. It is pretty interesting how that can happen, but it did. And I think it has to do with the strength of our starting pitching. Um, that's probably a part of it. I mean, but, you know, Sonny Gray was probably the best all-around all around pitcher, pitcher in terms of 
performance. Yes. But Pablo Lopez, you know, he uh, had some good outings for us. And Joe Ryan, for the most part, pitched well. But, but although there were a couple of stretches where he, especially in the middle of the season, where he did not pitch well. Okay. And Kent Tomeda at times pitched well, and so did Bailey Ober. Okay. Well, our highest guy with runs scored is Max Kepler with 72, Willie Castor 60, Correa with 60, Julian with 60. That drops down to Buxton with 49, Farmer 49, Taylor 48, Jeffers 46, Solano 43, Walner 42, Gallo 39, Blanco 38, Ruiz 36, Kirloff 35, Vasquez uh, 34, and otherwise they're all less than 30. So it's kind of the same deal as far as the RBIs and the hits. Not anybody had a you know a big year as far as scoring runs either. So they have a lot of guys you know above whatever it was forty or thirty you know thirty. So, but still on a team that wins the division, you'd expect to see something more than that. But somehow they got away with it. It may possibly have something to do with their division not being very strong too. Um, that might be a part of it. But you know. The other thing I think we want to take a look at is the, uh, the pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, we did mention Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joel Ryan. Uh, and Ken Tomato also has some good outings, outings and sort of barely over. Yes. Just looking here, let's see on the ERA side of the thing. Well, Sonny Gray is a 2.79, which I know is the second best in the American League of starting pitchers next to Garrett Cole on the Yankees. But the, the amazing thing is you have an ERA that low on your record yet is 8-8. Eight and eight. And we talked about this before because the Twins don't score any runs when he pitches. And there are times where Rock was taking him out earlier in the game, too. Yep. And another thing, Lopez, I think, was he the big, most wins? He had his 11. I'm going to go back here and find this again. But see here, I bet he was, too. He and Joe Ryan both had 11. And it drops down to 8 for Gray, 8 for Ober. It's kind of interesting. You know, the one thing I want to talk about, uh, there was an article written by Phil Miller of uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune. Yeah. And it, it was basically talking about how the Twins were justifying the number of times they, they took a took a, they took a called third strike. Yes. And I think they had maybe struck out at least four or 430 times. It's probably a little more now uh, on called third strikes. Yep. Now, the reason why they justify is because they had well over, it was like the neighborhood of 570 walks. How did that compare with the other teams in terms of walks? I don't know. I guess the biggest thing I want to look at is how many of those walks come around and score runs. Yeah. I mean, sure, you have a high on-base percentage, but your on-base percentage to me doesn't, doesn't help you unless you capitalize on that. Yep, that's true. Try to think and see how many walks they had as a team. I wonder if they have that whole total here down here. That's still the basis. Well, the high, most walks a team was Julian and then Correa. Julian at 64. There's a whole bunch, you know, some guys, about six guys over 40 or over. And then the 30s and stuff, too. Yeah. But we, you know, we just strike out way too many times. Yesterday, I know we struck out a ton again, too. I think it was 15 or something, wasn't it? Yep. I, I just don't see that you get in the, in the playoffs. That's going to be very good at all. You know, it. You know, you could say that. You know, you know, we did. You know, we did. You know, we did this many walks. You know, we didn't take as many pitches on the outside of the plate. 
I mean, as far as swinging at them, uh, we didn't swing as many pitches on the outside of the plate. But the problem I have with that is, you know, did those walks turn, how many of those walks turn into runs? Yep. That's true. You know, if you're swinging, instead of letting a 3-2 pitch go by and not letting it go by, if you had swung at it, how many times would you actually maybe make contact or maybe get on base too? You might have done some damage had you had you been swinging. You know, the, the thing about the strikeout thing, Dad, it's, you know, it's one less out to play with. Yeah. So. Well, you strike out 15 times in the game. It's only 27 outs. So you've been working with 12 outs. Yep. Trying to score runs. Your chances become much less. Yep, they do. Uh, uh, I know it's an interesting argument. People, I think, get way too hung up on this analytic stuff and studying everything all the time. To the point, it gets just it gets to the point of being ridiculous, you know. And, and, and Matt's, you know, just play the game the way it was meant to be played. You know, if some analytics good. You know, analytics has always been around. I just think they've gotten too hung up on analytics. That's the problem we have with it these yeah. days. So like every decision is built around that, basically. And that, like we've talked before, the analytics has been around for a long time, and never to the degree it is now. Well, the computer has helped with that. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the wins above replacements. I think that to me that was like the first step. It was like, what is this? Yeah, that's true. You know, who are you replacing? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't perform very well, you might be the one getting replaced, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I can't find that business. How many walks he had all together? I've heard that same thing before. What you were talking about. I do know that they broke the all-time major league strikeout record this year. Was it fifteen hundred and some? It, it was, wasn't that. It was sixteen hundred. Yeah, it might be in sixteen hundred. But but I think the, the pitchers had well over fifteen hundred strikeouts on the season too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, when I look at this team for the postseason, to me, I think we have the starting pitching, and we haven't really exactly touched on a a bullpen. I'm not sure if we necessarily have the bullpen, but you know, given that this is a best uh, a best of three series, uh, yes. the two out of three, you know, and this this might be easier for us to win this series. Yeah, uh, because when you when you look at the bracket, we will face Houston. Well, the winner of the series will face the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. Then whoever wins that series will ultimately face. Whoever wins, first of all, the Texas Rangers Tampa Rays series, then that team will play Baltimore. Okay, I found it here now. Twins had 594 walks this season and 1,654 strikeouts, I believe. Yep, that's what it is. Which is, you know, that's just, you see the strikeout numbers and it's just like you just kind of wonder yourself, what is going on here? Exactly. Yep. So they obviously, there are more than 10 a game. 10 point something. So, yeah. N- now, do you want to touch on uh, any of the Twins re- re- relievers or? Sure, we can do that. Um, one thing that, you know, not saying it's going to be better, but, you know, based on what we saw at the end of the year with some of these other players who came off the injured list, uh, Paddock, um, Maeda, Ober's on the IL too, hadn't he been? Oh, no, Ober never was on the IL. Mm, he just didn't pitch. Nope, they they sent it down to St. Paul for a few weeks when we brought him back. Who are some of the other guys that they brought up now that weren't there before? 
Well, Brock Stewart is oh, back. Stewart, yep. And Jorge Alcala. Yep. He's back. Yep. There's no doubt with those guys back on the team now. They've got some hard throwers in the bullpen. Um, especially in Varland, all of a sudden, he, you know, he's throwing 98, 99 miles an hour, and, and Paddock's throwing 98. And Alcala always did throw pretty hard. Kent is not a hard thrower, but um, at times he's been pretty effective since he's come back. He's going to be in the bullpen, isn't he? Yep. So, um, yeah, the bullpen, you know, could be pretty good, better than it was during the year even. At times during the year, it's kind of up and down. It depends on who is the players they had, had to call up because of injuries or what, whatnot. Yep, and, and, it, and it could be because you have a couple of starting pitchers in the bullpen. Correct. I don't know what they get deeper into the playoffs. You probably play in a series of four out of seven. Will they go with four starters then? I think they probably will. I mean, the next series could be three out of five, and your okay. league championship series will be best of seven. Yeah. Just have to wait and see. We've got to get through this one first. Yep. Um, and obviously the Twins are trying to break into the win column for the first time since 2004, so in the playoffs. 18 in a row. 18 in a row. That needs to end. And a good time to end it would be tomorrow, so you got that monkey off your back, too. Exactly. And, and, and I think, I, I know there have been some players that have said, yeah, we can win a playoff game. I think I, think, uh, I recall back after one game that, that Kyle Farmer said it. Yep. Saying and doing are two different things, though. Exactly. I mean, they're, I mean, they have, you know, they're thinking positive thoughts, but yep. trying to actually do that is, a, is another different thing. You know, maybe what's, which leads to, to be a Toronto Blue Jays, uh, should we just kind of, kind of take a look at their roster and how they... Uh, I'll, I'll find them here in just a second too, okay? Okay. The Blue Jays were the, obviously the lowest seed of the, of the, of the wildcard teams, right? Yep, they are. Okay. Um... Was there a battle with Seattle as the other team involved in the in the race in the wild card race? Were they kind of even though they were playing who was they play at home at the end? Is it Houston? Texas. Texas well, at home or Houston? Well, it was Houston and then Texas. So they finished with Texas at home too? Yep. So somehow being at home didn't necessarily translate into wins for them. Nope. It did not. I um, mean so they kind of had things set up so they could make the playoffs. But it didn't happen. Nope. Did not happen. Okay, we'll take a look here at the Toronto roster. Um, there we go. I think you probably you probably know their players better than what I do. Obviously, Bichette's a good player. Bull Bichette. Yeah, I think he was third in the American League at hitting at three hundred six. I think you're right. With uh, Merrifield at two seventy two this year, he's always kind of been a thorn in the twin side too, hasn't he? Yeah, Merrifield has been a thorn in the twin side. And then Guerrero. With 26 home runs, 94 RBIs. Um, so, you know, Springer did this year. Did Brandon Belt? He's not a no. He's not a full time player. He well, he DHs a lot of time for him, but he only batted three thirty three thirty nine. Is Kirk their catcher? Well, Kirk is their primary catcher, but sometimes it seems like they might have the backup catch in uh, the backup catcher catch. Okay, and uh, then Kirk will DH for him, but. I'm going to tell you this: the Blue Jays' backup catcher, Danny Jansen, okay, he will be out for at least the first part of the postseason. He's he's uh he fractured his finger right. early September, so their backup catcher, okay, won't be uh playing for the Blue Jays at least to start the postseason. Okay, Springer, 
George Springer did bet, you know, he's, he played in a lot of games, 148, and he had two, where was he at, 258, 21 home runs and 72 RBIs. He's kind of been a twins killer over the years, too. Yep. And well, Matt, Matt Chapman, who was, you know, he used to be a pretty high average hitter, wasn't he? Uh, I think he, yeah, I think he's been a pretty a decent hitter. I don't uh, know if he's. He, he ended up at 240, 17 home runs, 54 RBIs this year. Then uh, Biggio, was his name Cabin? Yep. He only played in 78 games and hit 235. And he's shortstop, second baseman. Oh, no, but Bull Bichette is their shortstop. Okay. So, I mean, you know, but but if you but if but if you look at the Blue Jays pitching side of things, yes, you know they got some pretty good some some pretty good stars like Kevin Gossman, Jose Burrios, and Chris Bosick. Okay, um, those are probably three of three of our top starters. I think they have, they have another guy who's pretty good too. Just look at the uh, number of home runs Toronto hit. They had one eighty-eight. Twins at two thirty-three, I think. So Twins must be, Twins are must be scoring more runs than what Toronto is. We'll check their pitching out here. Okay, some of their pitchers on their team. Gaus, what's his name? Gausman. Yep. He's twelve and nine this year. Uh, Bassett was sixteen and eight. Brios was eleven and twelve. And what's this guy's name? Kakuchi. You know who he is? He's 11-6. That must be their main four starters. Yep. Um, well, I, I think there might be a Korean guy who also pitches for him, pitched for him too, but I don't, I don't think he pitched that, that much for season four. You know, I guess that Goguchi? If it's him, he is 11-6. Yeah, I don't Maybe it's not even a pronounced that. I'm not even sure. I don't know either. Yeah, there's their pitching. Um, at least for starters, yep. Yeah, when you look at it, you know, the Twins, you know, and some um, things are on paper are doing better than Toronto, but you never know in a th- you know, two out of three series. All you need is get a couple of players hot and things change in a hurry too. Yep, exactly. So both teams have players capable of getting hot too. So Yeah, they do. You know, and you know, I actually that's why I did. I think I like the twins a chances this series. Yeah, well, just looking at the things tonight on some of their season stats, it, it seemed like the twins should have a better chance than what they have in their previous playoff experience, you know, in the last whatever number of years, especially when they played the Yankees in Houston. Those didn't go well at all. So, um, you know, I let's see. I think before we wrap, wrap up, we're going to talk about the roster situation. Yeah. I, I'm not saying we're going to name the roster off. We did that last episode. Yeah. But it sounds though I just saw something. I didn't read it. When we're going through this stuff, it sounds like Kraya said, said that he's ready to play. So, yep, that's what I read too. The other thing is Royce Lewis. Yes, he's not running at a hundred percent, but he seems to be real upbeat. He likes. Uh, he's like, well, if I'm there as a cheerleader, that's good. You know, if I'm able to play, that's good. You know, he just he's trying to be a positive about the whole thing. Yeah, well, I just don't. You, you hate to have him play in, in his, you know, one of his earlier at bats trying to you know, overdo it, and he ends up, it's a hamstring muscle, isn't it? Yep, I think it's a, ham, yep, and, it's, it's a hamstring strain. he damages even further, which probably would take him out of any postseason play at all. I mean, obviously, you'd like to have him playing, not DH, you'd like to have him playing in the field, too. Just makes the Twins a whole lot stronger team. Yep. 
Now, the way they were talking on the Twins website, they're thinking that Ju- but if Lewis is not on the team, they're thinking that Julian's going to be your starting second baseman, Jorge Polanco is up for a base. I, I, my personal opinion, I told you that before. Yep, on a walk, yes. What's what? It'll be what? Well, when we went for Walker, yes. Richard. My personal opinion would be it might be a different, a different situation with matchups with right and left handed batters. But the, the thing is, Julian's whole thing, his competition um, is Polanco and Willie Castro, because Castro Castro's a good third baseman, Troy. And Polanco's a better second baseman than what uh, Julian is. So it kind of leaves you where do you have these people uh, fit in? Uh, Julian might play against right handed pitching at second base. Maybe, but Blanco's going to play. Yes. In, in my opinion, if you don't play him, you've made a big mistake. And then could Castro maybe play in the outfield or one of those guys, DH? That's another possibility. But you also have Matt Walner, too, who's left handed batter. So it's right handed pitcher. Yep. I'm he, sure Rock will want him in the lineup. Yeah. And the thing is, you got two starting pitchers for games one and two, both right handers in uh, Kevin Gosman and there you go. Jose Burrios pitching for Toronto. And it becomes another situation. Is Michael A. Taylor going to be your center fielder, you know, all the time, which probably wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah. And, and the thing is too, and we, we haven't, even, we have not even talked about Byron Buxton. No. If, and Buxton is probably more up, up in the air as far as him coming back. If he doesn't come back, then you have Andrew Stevenson playing uh, on the bench forever as a possible pinch runner, kind of like that uh, Terrence Gore for Kansas, whatever, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Terrence Gore for Kansas City. Yeah, but that was Dyson, too, was kind of like that. Yeah. So, um, but I know, I know Buxton wants to play. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, we won't know until tomorrow. What did you say at 10 o'clock? Yep, the roster will probably be announced by 10 o'clock. The Twins will probably, I'm sure, will probably use as much, much time they can to make the roster decisions. And the pitching staff right now, except for there's some guys, and they've been out for, you know, I'm just looking at it real quick, the guy, IL guys. These are guys other than Keigel just went on the IL. A lot of the IL guys have been on the IL most of the year. I didn't know Moran was on the 60-day. Did you know that? Um, well, I'm not sure why we'd. Well, I think it was to make room for to put somebody on the roster. Now I can't remember for the life of me who that was. Uh, I, no, I think no, it was Bailey Ober if he did that for. And I'm not sure why we put him. I'm 60 day. I I I didn't see any injury or anything with him. No, because Bailey Ober just pitched yesterday. Yep. Ober will not probably be on the playoff roster, will he? Right now for the first round. Nope. Nope. Bailey Ober will not be on the playoff roster. Do you think Alcala will be then? I think he will be, but he may not be available tomorrow. Well, that's another thing. I, I don't know. I'm, just, you know, you is, think, is Rock going to feel comfortable bringing him, after, bringing him back after a day off? True, when he's been out for a good share of the season. But you know, Dad, you know, if if Pablo Lopez pitches deep in the game, if if Sunny Gray pitches deep in the game, then he probably don't need all of his bullpen arms. But I'm going to tell you this, folks. Back in 2020, when we faced Houston, I don't think. I don't, I don't think the two starters, uh, Jose Barrios and Kento. Kento Maeda, I don't think they even pitched past BF, if any. I don't. I know they didn't. I think a lot of people were pretty upset about it. The game was close, and yet they were pitching pretty well. You know, when I'm, if I were managing, I would have had him pitch into the six. I don't think either one of them thrown all that many pitches either. Kento may, may have thrown close to 100, but... You know, 
but I probably would have had him face maybe one or two more batters in the six. I don't know. I, I just don't remember all, exactly how the whole thing played out. But okay. But yeah, there's some you know. Obviously, you've got Brock Stewart back too. Was another hard thrower. Yep, we we mentioned him before. Yep. Um, Paddock. Yep. Back. Akala back. Yep. And then they seemingly have come up with this Thunderbird, a lefty. And I think it'd probably be a good idea to have more than one lefty in the bullpen. Don't you agree? I do agree. Uh, let's see, with the uh, Griffin Jacks will be on the in the thing of the of uh, bullpen people and kent is in the bullpen now too probably isn't he yeah first round at least kent is in a bullpen and he, he probably i mean in the past when he pitched for in the postseason for the dodgers he was a pretty good brief pitcher yep. for, for him so yep i've seen that too he had paddock and pagan and stewart theobar and barland would be the primary makeup of the bullpen probably you, know, uh, you have a you have a lot of other than a few of the guys. Well, I don't know if I don't know where uh, Futterberg throws, but I don't think he's in the high nineties. He's probably mid nineties. We got some hard throwers in the bullpen um, right now, yeah, and that's what I think you want. Yeah, power arms. You, you just keep the ball low. So that part, you know, is a little bit more positive than what it has been in the past. Yep. This is hopefully get some of these players back, and tomorrow we'll find out. Yes, we will. So we'll have to wait and see. And game game time is what time did you say before? So all, right now for all three games, we're scheduled for 3.38. So tomorrow's game will be at 3.38. For the Twins. Yep, for oh. the Twins and Toronto Blue Jays. And it should be an exciting atmosphere at Target Field. Uh, I know those Toronto Blue Jay fans travel really well when they come here yep. to Minnesota. So we will see. Uh, we'll see what we, uh, uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yep, and I think tomorrow's weather is supposed to be more like summer summer weather yet too, isn't it? Yep, tomorrow's will be more like summer than later on this week. It should be more like fall. So, yep. so yep, let's get off on the right foot tomorrow. Yes, that sounds like a winner. Okay. Uh, do you think do you, do you think that should do it? Yep, that kind of wraps it up. You know, it, it'd be. A, if you knew who was going to be on the playoff roster, there'd be more to talk about. All you can do right now is speculate about, you know, a handful of players. So, yep. Well, I mean, yeah. So, yep. So, but let's just, uh, let's just uh, wrap up here. Just whip a schedule. Tomorrow we're going to have, uh, Texas, the Texas Rangers playing against the Tampa Rays. I believe that's going to be at Tampa. Yep. 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 And then, uh, Twins, of course, at Target Field. Now we have 338 of the Rangers race series. We'll start 208. And then tomorrow night, we'll have the National League. Milwaukee, uh, we'll take on Arizona. I believe that's at Milwaukee at 608. Correct. And then the Miami Marlins will travel to Philadelphia and to take on the Phillies at, at 708. And all those game times are going to be the same Wednesday and Thursday as right now. And Thursday's games will be if necessary, since this is the best of three wild card series at the uh, higher seeds ballpark. So, yep. Um, yep. So that, that should do it. And, uh, we will, we will play by ear and see when, see when we do our next episode. How's that sound, Dad? Sounds like a winner. Sounds hope good. The, let's hope the twins are a winner. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's hope so too. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining me tonight, Dad. You're be- you betcha. And go twins. That would do it for this episode of Missile Twins Chat. 
I'm your host, Troy Larson, and that was my dad, uh, Craig Larson. Um, just a couple of quick things before I sign off. Subscribe to however you follow this podcast, whether it was Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. I know it's on Alexa-enabled devices. So, yeah, just subscribe to however you follow this podcast. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at mntwinschat, the number 48, at gmail.com. That's mntwinschat, the number 48, at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook at Minnesota Twins Chat. Minnesota Twins Chat is the Facebook page. Uh, I don't really do a whole lot of a page, except I might once in a while post uh, audiograms, just basically a video uh, of little snippets of the uh, show. So, yeah, and I also post links to the, to the uh, most recent episodes, too. So, yeah, so otherwise, that should do it. Uh, for my dad, Craig Larson, I am Troy Larson. So on, everybody. buddy.